one. Isn't it a beautiful day? I don't reside here, but I can tell you, I can tell you by sight. I don't need to tell you by faith, by sight. It's a beautiful day. Amen. And this is the day that the Lord has made. It's a choice this morning and every day to rejoice in what the Lord has done. It's truly a privilege and an honor to be here. Um, I had an invitation five years ago, four years ago to be here, close to five years, and we, we visited uh, London five years ago, but then uh, it was so hectic, I could not make it, and Pastor Sanjay invited us, but uh, we could not meet at all, but time has gone by, and I just want to say thank you to Pastor Sanjay, the pastoral team, the eldership team for having us here. It's indeed such a privilege, a joy, an honor to meet with uh, fellow believers and be found in the house of the living God. Amen. And so uh, before I can bring the word of God, I just would invite my precious wife, Nita, to speak a few words by the leading of the Holy Spirit. She's very prophetic in nature and a very powerful minister of the word and has a powerful ministry, especially to women. So let's see what the Holy Spirit has for all of us through her in these next few moments, and then I'll bring God's word over to you. Wow, wow. I really want to thank the Lord, especially Holy Spirit, for bringing us here. And so just, just to get you an idea, we were in the youth, all of us young. Uh, I, was, I was in the university, I was studying, and uh, we were going in slum areas and sharing the gospel. And we have literally churches started in those areas and I got to witness uh, these churches. So I really want to thank the Lord that uh, all those who were in our group are mostly pastors now. So I was just sitting there and I was thinking of it, you know, Amelia, anyone, like all are pastoring church, all are serving Lord. So when they were talking today, uh, Pastor Sanjay was saying that, you know, I remember you took me for the water baptism. I was sitting behind your motorcycle. So that's when I realized he left that seat and I took over that seat. <laughs> and then we got married, both of us. Today we are here to tell the church what the Holy Spirit is speaking. So I'm just going to quickly... My husband is an amazing preacher, but I'm just going to, you know, ask Holy Spirit to minister to your heart with this quick few scriptures. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18, it says, this command I entrust you, N-A-S-B version. Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you that by them you fight the good fight. Amen? Hallelujah. We are all fighters. You have been recruited to fight. And the word that has been declared over you, prophecies that has come over you, you need to fight those prophecies to come to pass in the name of Jesus. Every word declared over your marriage, over your finances, over your children, over your careers, over your jobs, you need to fight a good fight. That's what the word says. One spiritual father saying to his son, and quickly, if we go to Matthew 
chapter 3 and at the end of the scripture when Jesus obeys his heavenly father, he takes the water baptism. You know, you guys are going to take water baptism. It's something that is on the heart of God. And what does a, a father say to his son? So powerful. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is my son that was prophetically declared. You know, in the Old Testament, now God says it. This is my son. Hallelujah. Powerful. As soon as you complete, this is the last scripture in chapter 3. And you begin chapter 4 where Satan comes as a tempter. And he is challenging the same word. If you are the son of God, then do this. You are the son of God, then do this. I'm telling you there are challenges thrown over the prophetic word that has been spoken over you. You better fight a good fight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It has to come to pass. I need to receive my breakthrough because this is the word of God and that's what Jesus kept doing. He didn't have to prove to the enemy that he is the son of God. If you see the first sentence, if you're the son of God, second sentence, Satan says, if you're the son, you know, I don't want you to dwell on what he says. I want you to dwell on what Jesus says. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He came here to establish his headquarter of heaven here on the earth. And that's why we have that authority. Whatever Matthew chapter 18, 18 says, whatsoever you shall bind on the earth would be bound in heaven. Amen. Whatever you lose on the earth will be lose in heaven. Today we had a word that was released. The church needs to have the ear to receive it. Was another word released. And now another word is going to come powerfully. This is the time. Jesus was full of Holy Spirit and fought that battle. Amen. All of us full of Holy Spirit fight that battle and win every word that has been spoken over our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a stirring that is happening. Even before the man of God comes, God is preparing your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus operated from that premise that he's the beloved son. Nobody can challenge me. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I want to thank the Lord for uh, bringing us here. I'm very passionate about your country as much as, you know, I, I love Jesus. I sold for almost 12 years University of Leicester's program in Dubai. University of Bangor's program in Dubai. So I had a marketing strategy. People would say, because in Dubai, all nations are there. Why should I pick up a UK master's program? And I would say, such a small country, Manage the whole world. You need to learn from their managing strategy. Hallelujah. God has given you a strategy. Whatever you bind on the earth is bound in heaven. You have the remote control. Exercise that and walk in your breakthrough today. Today, now. Not after you leave the church. Now is the time. So please welcome my handsome husband as he brings the word of God.
Thank you, Pastor Nita. I mean, you see, they're passionate. In fact, while bringing them here, Nita was saying to me, you have become proper English. <laughs> so as you see how passionate they are, you know, for God and uh, praise God for this word, powerful word and the prophetic word. So welcome, uh, Pastor Nalika. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Wow. Thank you. That's powerful. That's powerful. And uh, we never spoke we, uh, even yesterday while driving. And I did not ask my wife, what are you going to speak? I knew that the Holy Spirit would lead her. And uh, one of the things that the Holy Spirit just spoke to me right now as she's ministered to all of us is saying, fight the good fight of faith. So with that, it struck me this morning and the Holy Spirit just punched me right now. He nudged me, he punched me, and he said, you know what, tell this congregation, they can fight the good faith only by the anointing. And so I'm going to speak on the anointing uh, this morning. Amen. Um, I could say a lot about, uh, about your pastor, Sanjay, and about the days that we spent together. I know the tough days that he has been through, and, and the Lord just connected us together. We were just teenagers and uh, loved the Lord, and, uh, and uh, we got water baptized on the same day. And, and, and the Lord just uh, began working uh, in and through our lives. So I just want to say thank you, Lord, for the, the work of the Holy Spirit in his life. Uh, he's a very humble man. He's a very humble man. He is so down to earth. You're so, you're so blessed with a wonderful pastor and a wonderful leadership team. Amen. I know your beginnings have been humble. Maybe whenever you, this, this congregation just began to meet, you might have been small in numbers, but the Bible says never to despise the days of humble beginnings. Amen. Because God has mighty things in store and he wants each one of us to have a vision. Amen. He wants us to see with the eyes of faith. And one of the things that I want you to see to this morning with the eyes of faith is that this place will not be enough. I was expecting a more powerful amen. Unless some have become very comfortable and say, I don't want anyone more. This place is going to be small. God is a God of multiplication. God is a God of increase. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done here in our midst just as it is in heaven. And that relates to the expansion of the kingdom of God and the anointing of the Holy Ghost has been given to each one who believes for kingdom purposes. We are not anointed. Listen to me. We are not anointed to say we are anointed. I tell you something this morning and this is serious business. We are anointed with a purpose. Jesus never came on the scene and said, I am anointed. You just heard my father said, I am his beloved son and he's well pleased with me. No, Jesus, Jesus gave the reason why he was anointed. And Jesus knew the reason why he was anointed. It is vital for us to know why we carry an anointing. And when we understand why we carry an anointing, it helps us to stay focused. 
Because the enemy wants to throw other stuff at you and deviate you from the call of God and the purposes of God. But let me tell you this morning, you are handpicked. You are chosen. You're not an accident. You're not an incident. You have been chosen by God to do the works of his kingdom. Hallelujah. And so this morning, I'm going to speak about walking in the anointing. The Holy Spirit is telling me towards the end of the message to pray over those who want to experience a fresh anointing. How many of you enjoy last week's food? No one. I mean, stale food? The leftovers? No. You want something, not even last night, you want something this morning, fresh. God always wants to release a fresh anointing in our life. It's not a new anointing. It's a fresh anointing. The anointing that brings refreshing in our life. The anointing that helps us to walk empowered. Amen? So that we will accomplish kingdom purposes. We have been called, we have been chosen, we have been appointed, we have been anointed for kingdom purposes. Amen? We are not an accident in the kingdom. It's not that God was free, he had nothing to do. He just picked a bunch of people and said, I want you in my kingdom. No. God has a purpose for not only bringing us on this planet, but also calling us into his kingdom. So we need to remind ourselves every day, saying, I am a kingdom person. Jesus is my king. Amen. And I need to have a kingdom mindset. My lifestyle needs to be kingdom lifestyle. The perspective that I need to have is a kingdom perspective. I need a kingdom mindset. My living has to be kingdom living. And that is going to impact others. Others need to see Christ. Britain needs to see Christ like it has never seen before. There's revival. I, I, I remember there's a Welsh revival in the early 1900s and, and the Holy Spirit is about to bring another revival, not only in Britain, but in the nations of the world. Hallelujah. And who is God waiting for? He's waiting for his church. His bride to rise up. Men and women of faith. Men and women of power. We are not ordinary people. Don't consider yourself a victim because you and I are already victors in and through Christ Jesus. We are not struggling from a place of trying for victory. We are seated with Christ Jesus in the heavenly realms. And so we need to take authority and live life every day under the anointing, walking in the anointing, operating from the anointing so that we will see the power of God manifest in every area. Let it be your office place. Or you say, but I, I, I'm tied up. I got too much to do. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. I've had angels. I, I just, I, I knew there's angels around me helping me in many of projects that I did. I mean, like my wife just said, she used to sell a an MBA or Master's in Business Administration program. She used to sell it. And we had targets. I, I, I was, before I came to serve the Lord full-time, I was, I was a marketing manager in a logistic and a shipping company. It's like crazy. I, I remember one day I went to pick her up from her office 
and it was almost an hour's drive home. And I picked her up and I'm driving home and I was on my phone with my client. And she said, what type of industry is this? You're talking square yards and square inches, aircrafts and landed and not. And it was such a, such a pressure some job. At the end of six months, my colleagues used to ask me, that is end of June in the calendar year, can you tell us how you ever get a year's target achieved in six months? And then another colleague of mine would say, you know, this guy, he has influence up. <laughs> I said, if you want, I can introduce you to the one who, who helps me. Within six months, the Lord would give me, uh, make, help me achieve over my target. In a market that was so highly competitive, where I had 5,000 competitors in a small little city like Dubai. My wife did mention that Dubai has the world living. Yes, we have 205 nationalities residing in a city. 205 nationalities. And, and, and the Lord just sent us, sent us out of our motherland. We were honestly very comfortable. You know, sometimes comfort is a killer. Comfort is dangerous to God. God did not come to make us comfortable. He came to call us to do his will. Amen. And so when we came out of India from the city of Mumbai, which is, which is Bombay and now Mumbai, uh, we came to a place that was unknown. We just took a step of faith. We went through very difficult times, went through hardships, got cheated, but there was something that took us on and that was the anointing, the call of God upon our life. We saw the greater purposes of God and then God opened the doors where we could minister to so many who never knew Christ. Today they are pastors. They have traveled to the nations of the world. We have our spiritual children who have been pastors and ministering in the nations of the world, ministering in, in, in cities where where there is dominated by idol worship and they are they are just exhibiting the power of God because of the anointing they carry the humility the obedience the faith and that's what God wants to do in each one and through each one of your lives this morning we are called to walk in the anointing quickly. 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 1. And I'm reading from the New King James. And it says, Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? I'm going to speak in a few points this morning and then going to minister uh, through prayer. Both me and my wife are going to pray for all those who need to pray. But right now the Holy Spirit is also telling me, Right now, there is healing in this room. There is healing. We heard just a while ago that the healing of the altars, repairing of the altars, which means a, a, a fixing of the heart condition, the heart condition. You know, that, that the Holy Spirit says there's always something to be released before God can release something. There's something that has to be given up so that something can be given from above. And even I believe that as you have permitted the Holy Spirit to just fix your heart. You've released those people whom the enemy has used. Listen to me. Not they, not they, not they. You need to know 
Somebody said, if your if your if your enemy is flesh and blood, sorry to say, you're fighting the wrong enemy. Your enemy is not flesh and blood. You know the enemy can use anyone who is willing to give themselves to be used. And so if your offenders need to be released, release them. That's the beginning point where the Holy Spirit will help you fix and repair the altar. Let me tell you something. Without a repaired altar, there cannot be a proper sacrifice. So first, God is the business of changing hearts. You know, the mankind is always looking at uh, telling God, fix somebody else. And when we really see God, he'll want to fix you. We see problems in all the others. You go to God, he shows you the biggest problem. And he says, you're the one. You need to be fixed. So number one, I'm going to speak in points. Number one, every anointing, point number one, every anointing comes with a purpose. God doesn't anoint you for nothing. Oh, you're a Christian. I must do something in your life. Whether you like it or no, whether you want it or no, I'll just give you the anointing. No, God doesn't do that. He gives you and I the anointing for a purpose and with a purpose. And what is his desire? That purpose be accomplished. For it's not by might, it's not by power, but by the work of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit anoints us. There are times in your life where you desire to do things and say, hey, it's, it's, it's really tough. I know this season looks so tough. I can sense so much of resistance. But the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, it is a spirit of God that raises up a standard against the enemy. You might find yourself weak and powerless and sometimes that is not the truth you can never be weak how can God living in you make you and I ever weak we are more than conquerors in and through Christ Jesus and that is why you need to speak to yourself many times we think we need to speak to others we need to begin speaking to our own self you know in the morning when I wake up and go to, 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 to the washroom or the bathroom or to the mirror or wherever I say I can say hey you can do all things to Christ you need to speak to your own self look at yourself in the mirror and say hey you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strength we need encouragement do you think David had, uh, had internet and he had uh, tens of thousands of people and emails coming and podcasts coming and nothing? The Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. What do many people say? Nobody called me. Nobody loves me. Nobody prays for me. Nobody sent a scripture for me. Nobody drove me to church. How many, of you, how many of you were driven to the airport? How many of you driven to immigration? How many of you the interview? Oh, I can find the way to the movie hall, to the interview, to the immigration, to another nation. But when it comes to God's house, David said, I was glad when they said unto me. I don't know whether some people here, I was sad when they said unto me, let us go. This is the best place to be in. Some people think that there is, there is a virus, coronavirus in the mall, uh, not in the malls, but in church. So they are comfortable going to the malls, but not comfortable coming to church. This is the best place to be in. Hey, listen to me. If you're not feeling well, this is the best place to be healed. If you're feeling discouraged, this is the best place to be encouraged. 
because there's an anointing in this place. Hallelujah. Every anointing comes with a purpose. Saul was anointed to be a commander over God's people. Amen. We see in 1 Samuel chapter 11 and verse 7, again from the New King James, it says, So he took a yoke of oxen and cut them into pieces and sent them throughout all territory of Israel by the hands of messengers, saying, Whoever does not go out with Saul and Samuel to battle, so it shall be done to his oxen. So Saul knew that he was anointed to be a commander a leader over God's people. Why? So that he could lead them in the direction that God wanted them to be led. Point number two, God sets boundaries. Don't cross it. God sets boundaries. The anointing not only comes with a purpose, let me tell you the truth of the matter, the anointing also comes with a cost. It comes with a cost, a price. Number two, God sets boundaries. Don't cross it. 1 Samuel 39, so Saul said, bring a burnt offering and peace offering here to me. And he offered the burnt offering in the same chapter, verse 11. And Samuel said, what have you done? The same chapter, verse 12, part two, it says, I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. And the same chapter was 13, and Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. I was compelled. I, I, I just thought, let me take things in my hand and then move in the anointing that I have. Samuel said, who told you to do that? You carried an anointing, but you crossed the boundary that God had set for you. You did something that God did not authorize you to do. And because of that, he says, you have done foolishly. So what does that mean this morning? We need to be very cautious because we cannot fool with the anointing. We cannot afford to take the anointing for granted. The anointing is the power of God by His Spirit given to accomplish the purpose of God. Like I said right in the beginning, God has a purpose or purposes to be accomplished through each one of our lives. And that is the reason God gives anointing. Do we not get disappointed sometimes? Yes, we do. We all humans, we, we, we get challenged, we feel disappointed or discouraged. But what keeps us going on? The anointing, amen? And what is the anointing dependent upon? The word of God, amen? The power of the spirit of God, hallelujah. And so do not cross the boundaries that God has said. Don't take things in your own hand. Why? Because you cannot fool with the anointing. Saul remained king. It's very interesting to know that Saul remained king for a number of of years even after that incident but you know something he lost the anointing he remained king but he lost the anointing and he knew it he knew it it was too late don't fool around with what God has given I tell you something use it what has God given you do you know one 
thing that God has given you, one gift that God has given you, I tell you the truth, use it. Use it. Use it. Use it. Use it. You might, you might say, I have challenges at my workplace. I've got challenges in my family. I've got challenges all around. But that does not exempt you from giving uh, or pushing away from your call. It in fact calls you to rise up and take the challenge. Hallelujah. There are some of you here this morning, you are yet, you are yet to experience victory because you are yet to face your Goliath. You have been busy sending others to face your Goliath. You've been busy being awake half the night. Whom shall I send? Auntie, uncle, brother, sister, neighbor. God is saying, I want you to go. I want you to go. But, you know, I fear. I fear. He says, no, 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 no. I have not given you the spirit of timidity. I have given you the spirit that gives you boldness, that gives you courage. You know, the Holy Spirit is telling me right now to tell you there are some who are waiting for, for a favorable time. You think that you will muster courage and go and face an authority. What, what shall I say? What shall I say? I want to articulate all that I'm about to say so beautifully that that person will just fall to it. And the Holy Spirit is saying, that will never happen. He says, you go, you stand before the authority, you open your mouth, and God says, I will put the words in your mouth. It's not a premeditated word. It's a word that you receive because you have chosen to step out in faith. I tell you the truth. If Peter ever took a measuring stick to measure the depth of the water, when Jesus called him, he would never step out of that boat and experience the supernatural. While the others were focusing on the storm and making remarks, Master, are you not concerned? We're about to die. Peter heeded to the voice of the Master. He did not say, well, I just wanted to let you know that I'm more experienced in fishing than you, although I know you're Jesus, but uh, I have never walked on water. Just because you say. Mary said, let it be unto me according to your word. Not according to my situation. Not according to what I think. Because I can sense that overshadowing. I can sense that anointing. And that anointing is with a purpose. There's an anointing right now released upon your life. Amen. So you cannot fool with the anointing. Saul remained king. But could not operate because he lost the anointing. Hallelujah. With that, we jump, number three, to David's first anointing. It's very interesting to know about the life of David in the midst of his brethren where only God could see potential, he was first anointed. You know, somebody must have prayed over you. A man of God spoke a prophetic word over your life. And my wife just mentioned don't forget that. Don't forget. The question this morning is, how many a times have we honestly made a note of a prophetic word that was spoken over our lives? I say people uh, memorize the 16 digits of their credit and debit cards. Honestly, I, I know people who have 
they know the CVV number, they know the expiry date, they know their name exactly on the card, they know it's a MasterCard or Visa card. But yeah, God spoke something, Pastor, I think so in 2000 and something like what you say. Why something? That should be the most precious thing that you hold, the promise of God. How can you make a claim? If you don't know what you're entitled to, when you have a bank account, how can you make a claim? How can you say, you should not be charging this from me? Just because you know, and if they made a fault, you can go and, and make a claim. If you don't know what God spoke, how can you remember what God spoke? If you can't remember what God spoke, how can you claim that to come to pass in your life? David's first anointing, when he was just a shepherd boy, in the midst of his brothers who were more prominent, look to have more potential when nobody could see potential God saw potential God sees potential in each one of you amen and so David's first anointing in 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 7 and I'm reading from the New Living Translation and it says but the Lord said to Samuel don't judge by his appearance or height for I have rejected him the Lord does not see things the way you see them people judge by the outward appearance but the Lord looks at the heart hallelujah so point number one and point number three is the first anointing in Bethlehem and and we also learn that David was persecuted once he was anointed. I mean, he, he was anointed and then he faced persecution. Many times, believers, children of God, sons and daughters of God, disciples of Jesus, they say, oh, I just received an anointing. I received a promise and look at this challenge. This is too much. Every anointing that God pours in your life will be tested. Let me tell you something. Without God testing us, how can he trust us? There is no trusting without testing. And we must allow the testings of God in our life so that we can grow in the anointing. God wants us to grow in the anointing each day of our life. Hallelujah. So the first anointing that David received made him to enter his, um, his musical ministry, his worship ministry under that anointing. Amen. So there's a big difference between singing a religious song and one that is anointing. You know something? A religious song doesn't break anything, but the anointing sure destroyed the yoke. Hallelujah. The anointing destroyed the yoke. Hallelujah. If we aren't approved, we cannot advance. And God this morning by the power of his spirit wants to release a fresh anointing upon each one of your life. Are you hungry for more? You want, are you just satisfied where you are? God wants us to be hungry for more. Hallelujah. And the Bible says those who are hungry, they shall be filled. Hallelujah. When we desire hunger... You know, I've been praying the last few, last few weeks, the last few months, and the Holy Spirit told me that he's the one who, who can create hunger. And I said, wow, that's amazing, Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit just told me, but people need to ask. Ask and it shall be given. 
create in me hunger should be the cry of our heart. God, I want to know you. Okay? I don't want to stop there. I also want to make you known. Let me tell you something. The four stages in our spiritual life is vital for all of us. There are four stages. Number one is know God. K-N-O-W, know God. Number two is find freedom. Number three is discover purpose. And number four is to make a difference. I want you to remember that's very easy. KG, that's like kilogram, KG, know God, okay? Then because of us knowing God, we find freedom. When we find freedom, we are not bound to laws and rules and regulations of this world that try to suppress us, but we discover, hey, I am living in the kingdom for so and so purpose. Jesus said, the anointing is upon me, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the good news. Share the good news. Sometimes congregations wait only for pastors or uh, selected people to share the good news. We are called to share the good news, each one of us. The good news is still good and will always remain good till Jesus comes. Hallelujah. So be a people who will share Christ with others. It can begin through your testimony. It can begin through a miracle, what the Lord has done in your life. There's somebody waiting out there in this lost and dark world to know the truth. And the Bible says, they shall know the truth, and the truth shall set them free. Hallelujah. My church will not set somebody free. The truth will set somebody free. The one who is ahead of the church has the power to set people free and he has anointed us and appointed us. You say, I'm not anointed to pray. Uh, pastor, I don't pray for sick. When I pray for sick people, they don't recover. I heard some people say, you know, pastor, when I pray for somebody with a headache, the headache increases. I said, I cancel that in Jesus' name. I cancel that. That's your mindset. That's just one encounter that you had. Don't conclude based on that encounter. The devil is a liar. Greater is the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing that resides in you, moves in you, and desires. Listen to me. The anointing desires to be operated through our life. God, God I tell you the truth. God is not moved by people who say, I am anointed. He is moved by those who are willing to say, let my anointing flow. Lord, let, let your anointing flow to me. Let healing come here. Let miracles happen here. I don't even need to pray, Lord. I don't even want to tell people, you know, I prayed and you got healed. God, let your anointing just flow. As it so happened with the apostles, in the acts of the apostles, they went from place to place. Their shadows touched people and healed. Those are the days we need. We need to see the acts of the apostles once again come. That which the early church did because they believed that they carried the anointing and they believed that they can walk in the anointing. They believed that the anointing can be released. Hallelujah, so that yokes are destroyed. Hallelujah, point three. David's second anointing, he became king over Judah. Now that is an anointing of expansion. The anointing to worship, an anointing to face the enemy and overcome. Now is the anointing of expansion. Hallelujah, after years of unjust suffering from King Saul, David was running as a fugitive 
Second Samuel 2, 4 says, And the men of Judah came, and they, there they anointed David king of the house of Judah. And they told David, saying, that the men of Jabesh Gilead were, were they that buried Saul. David was first anointed king over just one tribe, Judah. When David heard of Saul's fate, he did not rejoice, rather he mourned. And let me tell you something, this is a test. This is a test from God. You know, many times people try to oppose us. And sometimes you see them in trouble. God even tests our hearts at that time. Are we rejoicing? You know, brother, he did this to me. And you see what happened? No. David carried that anointing. He was so sensitive to God. He did not want to grieve God. And when he did, he humbled himself. He did not blame Bathsheba. You know, Bathsheba is Sheba taking bath in the wrong place. Bathsheba. Okay. So he did not blame her. Why did she bathe there in the open? You know, sometimes we try to follow Adam. Not me. My wife brought the forbidden fruit. Wife says, not me. You see that serpent? We passed the buck. But you see, David... I did it. Okay, Nathan, whatever's in store, I'm ready to receive. God says, hey, you know something? I like that heart. I like that heart. We need to owe, we need to take responsibility. David knew that he could not fool around with the anointing. And he said, hey, you know something? I should not lose this. Saul lost it, but I don't want to lose it. Why? And the point is simple. Because David wanted to serve the purposes of God in his generation. This morning, I want to ask us, all of us, what is our desire? Do we want to serve the purpose? I'm not talking about our purposes. <laughs> I'm not talking about our kingdom. I'm not talking about just my church. I'm saying, are we desiring to serve the purposes of God in our generation. Hallelujah. David, in his third anointing, became king over all Israel. God tested him and entrusted him with greater things. And this morning, as I close right now, I want to tell you, there's an anointing being released over your life. Some of you have just come, uh, come and hit yourself to the wall. It's like you have your back to the wall. You said, I, I, I feel like, I feel like this is the end. I can't see anything more. And there's an anointing here this morning to take you further to accomplish what God has called you for. There are some of you who know that you're called to pray for people. And you've been keeping away because the enemy has been trying to instill fear that if you pray, the enemy will attack you. Let me tell you something this morning. There's great power residing inside you. Now that power just does not want to reside in you. That power wants to flow through your life. And that word, that word of prayer, that maybe a small prayer. It's not a, I mean, I, I've really prayed, I've really prayed long prayers. Long prayers. And I said, and I felt years ago, maybe 25, 30 years ago, wow, my prayer is long enough. 
I'm sure God is convinced. God is so impressed by my prayer, this woman should be healed by now. And nothing would happen. And the Holy Spirit would tell me, it's not the long prayer, it's the prayer of faith. And, and the Holy Spirit just brought me to time and said, in Jesus' name be healed. I would just say, in Jesus' name be healed. Not what's happening to you, sister? How long did your grandfather have it? His ancestor? In Jesus' name be healed. And this is what the Holy Ghost wants us to do. It could be a telephone call. We receive calls at times. I, I, was, telling, I was telling somebody yesterday at a, at a wedding uh, in West Sussex, and I was telling them, we receive phone calls from prison cells, uh, calls from people whom we don't know. And I said, how did you get my number? And they said, somebody gave your number and said, you're a pastor, can you pray? I said, okay, I just got one and a half minute, can you pray? One and a half minute is too short to ask them why they are in prison. So Father, in the name of Jesus, have mercy. I speak favor, favor in the sight of authority, favor in the sight of judge. And I command you in Jesus' name, get out from that prison and live for the glory of God. Two weeks down the road, a call, hello, sir, thank you for praying. I've been released from prison. Do I know your name? I don't know your name. It's just a prayer, the prayer of faith. God is calling us because he's telling us you carry that anointing. You don't need to go long. You just speak it. You just speak it. You just open your mouth. You tell somebody be healed, they are healed. You tell somebody get the job, get the job. People, people in our, in our ministry come. We have, we have 15, 20, 25 people every week come up. And most of them are like, can you pray for a job? You don't have a job? No. And Jesus said, go, take the job. I don't have even an interview call. I said, don't care about your interview call. I said, the job is released in Jesus' name. Go! And they come after a week or two and say, got the job. I said, that's it. We are not here to negotiate. There's no time. Jesus is coming very soon. No time. There's an anointing given to each one of us. We need to be wise. We need to be wise. We need to redeem time. And this morning, I'm going to pray over you as a congregation. And if there's anybody, if there's anybody who still wants to come up and be prayed for this morning, we're going to lay our hands upon you. Father, in the name of Jesus, this afternoon, we just want to thank you because your word directs us. Your word leads us. Your word guides us. Without your word, we cannot do anything. Your word says heaven and earth will pass away, but every word that you have spoken shall come to pass. Now I pray, about Father, in the name of Jesus, even from this apostolic anointing that I carry over this church, I say an anointing to multiply, an anointing to plant churches. Pastor, Pastor Sanjay and your team, in the name of Jesus, I can see in this 2023, another two churches coming up. Another two churches is coming up. The Lord is going to open doors supernaturally. You have seen dry seasons in your life, but you've also seen the supernatural power of God. You've seen the favor of God. And God is going to show you by His Spirit that what you're about to do will be made so easy. In Jesus' name. Father, I speak over this congregation right now. Yes, brother. Just gone. Just gone. Just soft worship. Thank you so much. This congregation, I prophesy, Lord, that church planters rise up. Church planters Church planters in the name of Jesus. Father, I believe you for great and mighty things. And I pray, Lord, this congregation will believe you for great and mighty things. Pastor Sanjay said a few moments ago that we, we oversee 14 churches. Lord, but he did not know that you have given us a vision for 1,500 churches. God, you want us to dream big. And God, the vision that you give 
has to be so big that I can say and we all can say, only God is able to do it. It is God who has done it. Father, I pray that anointing be released, Lord. The anointing of the supernatural, the anointing of miracles, signs, wonders, and miracles. Be common, be common, be common in this church. Be common in this ministry. The blind will come, they will see. The lame will walk. The deaf will hear AIDS and cancers and tumors has to disappear at the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. There's deliverance in the name of Jesus. There's miracles in the name of Jesus. I speak the name of Jesus right now to work wonders. I say it is a turnaround time. It's a season of turnaround. Turnaround. Miracles. Miracles. Miracles in your life. Miracles in your marriage. Miracles in your finances. Miracles at your workplace. Miracles in your business. In the name of Jesus, receive a fresh anointing. Let fresh fire fall. I call for fresh fire. Even as altars are prepared, that you will consume the sacrifice. Without the altar being repaired, without the sacrifice being laid, fire can never be released. Father, even as this congregation has prepared themselves, I call for fresh fire this morning and a fresh anointing so that they will walk in it to accomplish every good purpose that you call them for, even before the foundations of the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.